Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, Lucky World. Welcome to the show. And now to Russ with something to say. Let's talk about the Super Bowl ratings. We always like to talk about the Super Bowl ratings. Uh, they're down. They're down 15%. You can't use the kneeling excuse. You can't use the yeah. anything excuse. They, they did draw like 94 million people, but that also means that 230 million people did something else. And, and this has to be worrisome to the NFL because, you know, if you took away the boxes and you took away the score, the, um, the gambling, and you took away – the party atmosphere, what would the Super Bowl be? Uh, I'll leave that for you to decide. But right now, they're they're worried because they're not going to be able to get the ad rates that they used to get. We may – I remember, I want to say, what, four big companies didn't have those mega ads this year. I have a feeling now Super Bowl ads are going to start declining in, in, in value. Well, do you think that this is a symptom of the fact that people didn't get together in large parties? So – but you still they should be watching more, though. You know what I mean? Like I you're think there'd be more those. TVs on. But I, I don't. I I do think that there are people who, um, that you go to Super Bowl parties who, if there's no Super Bowl party, Super Bowl party aren't going to watch the Super Bowl. Like I think that that there I think are some people for that. I, I think that's that. a large. I think that's a large group of people, honestly, because like we had people over here. You know, like the one friend of ours who you know my sister, my daughter has been quarantined with because she's measly rooming with her in college. She's like, I've never watched Super Bowl before, you know, ever. It's just like, it's just if you don't, you know. Sure. I mean, granted, I, I get that. And and let's draw in the other thing. Look, I mean, the game is always a factor. So maybe people left at halftime, but still it wasn't great even the whole game. Let's yeah, also yeah. bring in the fact of the halftime show, which is supposed to be the antidote for them for skewing the audience. And it didn't work. The weekend fell flat. Yeah. Right. And, and also, I mean, you could make the argument that, having the same quarterback who other than the new England fan base and now the Tampa fan base is hated because he went, because he's won seven super bowls and whatever. I think, I think think more that I think Brady is, is Brady's good for ratings. I don't think, I think he's good for ratings. He's good for like, like my wife was like, Oh really? Brady's in it. I'll watch it. That kind of thing. I think that more people who are like worried about that. that, I'm just worried. I'm very yeah, happy. Um, I've, I've, my, I've, I've caught my wife with Tom Brady several times, Russ. I completely believe that that's a problem, but I'm not going to get into that now. This is not the no, yeah, because that's, you've been caught with Giselle. We know. Not the time we're playing. Also, we also want to pay our respects <laughs> to Maury Schottenheimer. He passed away, and yeah. he was a longtime football coach. Yes, there was always a lot of criticism because he was really known to be a nice guy, and he definitely seemed like a legit nice guy, won a couple hundred games. A lot of different teams, Browns fans, all a lot of different teams, and so you know Kansas. we just pay our respects. Kansas yeah, 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 yeah. Um, all right, let's get started because we got a lot of stuff here. in the NHL, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I'm 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 in the middle of trying to find out what. There's a question that came up here from Timothy Park. Who else is on the COVID list for the Flyers? I'll get to that. Get to that in a second. Okay. All right, here we go. It is the ninth, right? Yep, sure. If it's you say so. It was the day after yesterday, which was the 8th, so I'm going to go with the 9th. All right. Hello, Hockey World. It is Tuesday, February 9th, 
2021. I'm Michael Agello, and I know when I'm going to get X for Christmas. <laughs> I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. It won't matter. Others have tried, Mike. Believe me, others have tried. <laughs> you can't get any better than the than my phone, which is sitting right here, which has the date on it right in front of me. Right? I mean, right. honestly, how could that be better? And I'm Michael, and you're watching Hockey Buzz Guest on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that <laughs> comes to you Monday through Friday. So I got a big fight with some, so I'm totally on hockey related today, but I'm like, in a, I'm, in, I'm in a really weird mood. So I'm trying to keep myself like from losing my mind. And then we got some fun topics to talk about. So it could get, could get interesting. Could get let, me, interesting. let me talk about the one bad topic first, and then we'll get into the fun because we just Please. heard that, that Bell Media just cut um, stations in um, Vancouver and, and Hamilton, the TSN stations. And, I did a lot of work with TSN 1040 in Vancouver. We used to have Hockey Prospect Radio on there. I used to go on there five, six times a year, every draft year. I had given live updates for them for different shows for the Stanley Cup when it was in Philly and a few other markets. I knew people who worked there. Yeah, I've been on them too. This is brutal. Like this is, and I'm, the only thing I'm going to say is companies can do whatever they want, mm. but if you actually treat your workers right, then you know what? The stockholders will still make money. When you put stockholders first, then you get this, and this is terrible. Well, well it, go ahead. It, it's just, I mean, I don't know how these multi-billion-dollar corporate entities think. I mean, they obviously don't care about like how to cover a particular thing, like sports, because for you to cover sports and cover sports well, you have to have people who write for your sites. Who, who are on the radio and who are on television and do a good job. And yeah. I don't know how these companies expect their covers to be top notch when they don't pay anybody and they don't employ anybody. It's sort of like what, you know, we heard this a couple of weeks ago act where uh mid Atlantic sports network, Emma, Emma Masson, Masson. Uh, that, that covers the, now they're owned by the Baltimore Orioles. They also cover yeah. the Washington nationals. They basically fired everybody and yeah. their pregame show for baseball is not existing anymore. Now, now there's no pregame. You go right to the game, and then afterward, the broadcast crew will, for 15 minutes after the game, talk about the game, and then they have no postgame. That's great coverage, guys. You're really going to get a lot of eyeballs watching your product when, you do, when you're basically providing no coverage. It sucks. It really does suck. We're in a weird time, and um, and to like to be to play both devil's advocate a little bit here, and also the other side of it because honestly you know i i'm in both positions like i employ hockey writers and i'm a hockey writer myself so i'm in this position so i know the i know the the challenges that everybody faces now um i'm not like at that like at their level where i'm not i'm not like paying for guys to travel around with teams and stuff like that or anything like that like i i you know i, I pay our writers you know as as michael attest humbly and um, you know, and we do our best to keep keep going. You know, like we do our best to keep alive. And you know, some of my writers end up leaving and going to the sports nets of the world because there's more money to be made there. You know, um, and some of them, you know, are probably going to get could get laid off in this next round or what have you. Um, it's 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 a tough world. We live in a very weird world with this whole thing. And you know, one of the reasons I've who have also have had opportunities to go to Sportsnet and TSN over the years, you know, haven't done it, um, is because I decided to to have you know my own to control my own fate more you know to be like i i'd rather make less money but know, but know that i'm controlling myself you know and know that i'm in control of what's happening um know that i'm going to make the decision on whether i go to the stanley cup finals or not i'm going to make that decision based on you know what i can do financially and what that kind of thing um 
it's so I know that the, the, the paradigm has shifted drastically for sports writers. Um, you know, I've talked to Kevin about this. He's a great one to talk about this because he's obviously. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, uh, and, he's, yeah, he's a, right. He's right there. But but he'll tell you, you know, he'll tell you, first of all, you know, we used to have discussions. Like, yeah, I got to, you know, I got to be able to do this. I got to be able to say this kind of hotel. I got to be able to do that. And he says he realized over time that that had to change. That had that stuff had that there had to be a shift in, in how that was done. And, and writers and people who are used to a certain way of living, that makes sense that you don't want to do that anymore. You know, that, 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 you, I mean, that you want to continue what you're doing, but you can't based on the way money is made in this, inter- in this industry. So it's really tricky. Um, and that's why I always look at when, I, when we look at the athletic and how, you know, it's surviving now, but still, you know, it, it hasn't really hasn't had to like pay the piper yet on what they paid people out versus what they're making. They're, they're no. still losing money. They're well, losing the, their, the, their business model. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying this any with any kind of particular glee because there are people that I respect and know who work yeah. for athletic, but huh. their their business yeah. model is flawed and eventually will collapse because it, you cannot be able, like after a year or so or after two years, I'll be giving away subscriptions that you were selling for $30 a year for $10 a year and make money. They're surviving on venture capital from right. Silicon Valley. And that and eventually- writers like $100,000 a year, which they're doing some in some cases, you know, and that, that to me is like, is some of them aren't making that, but some of them are, you know, um, and it's hard and they're going to be hard. Yeah. And those, some of those people deserve that money because they've, they used to make that kind of money when they were at their newspapers. And, and I mean, you know, they're they're great writers, but the reality of is, you know, I I know from running this business myself, like what you can make in internet advertising, and even if you're ten times the size of Hockey Buzz, I know what you can make in internet advertising, and even then, I know you can't pay that many people that much money to be able to and survive. You just can't, you know. And um, we have we've never fired anybody at Hockey Buzz. We take a huge amount of pride in that. I'm not saying that we'll never have to, but because you know, business is business. But to this point, we've never done it, um, and that's. You know, we've taken less. I've taken way less money. We've we've, we've made we made it work. But everybody has taken less money at one point or another in our company to make it work. And maybe everybody understands that. It's right. a tough. It's a tough one. It's a tough spot. They've done that too, and make it maybe they. But it's just wrong. Russ, your internet connection. Russ, Russ, your internet connection is really bad right now for some reason. Um, just log out, log in if you could for us. Just uh, let's give it another shot because he's uh. Going in and out on us, right? Get that too. Yeah, he's frozen right now. Yeah. Um, oh, so, Mike, oh. I mean, like, you know, I've talked about this at length, of course, but it's like, this is a tough, this is a tough spot to be in. And I get they don't care. You know, it's easy to sit there and say they don't care about this or they don't care about things being covered that way or not, but there is a reality to this. Yeah. Uh, Johnny in the chat, I pay $59 a year for the athletic. I subscribed years ago. I paid like 30, 30 something, and it, re- and it renews. They're selling subscriptions for $12 a year. For yeah. a for a dollar a month now, and people people like me who subscribe beforehand and are paying thirty dollars a year, they're rightfully pissed off because they're saying, "Okay, I'd like to get my my subscription for twelve dollars a year," but they can't get that they're because free. they're already locked in. They're for free for. Yeah, you can get it for, some people get it for free for a year. I don't know. Um, T-Mobile, I got it for free. Yeah, so, yeah, you might go. Yeah, with T-Mobile, you can get like I got a free Netflix for a year. I mean, is it? It's a tough. It's a tough spot to be in. I don't know what the answer is um, for them. They're trying to. They're they're trying to figure it out as they go along. They are survived on venture capital. They are eventually those guys will want their money or they'll get out of it. You know that's how the venture venture capitalists work. As much as the venture capitalists who started that love sports and everything like that, which is why it started, which is great. And for them, the money they put into the athletic is far less than the money they put into many other ventures. 
So even though they're putting, you know, a lot of money in, what we feel like and, is a lot of money, it's and not. What and what they're betting on, Akin, this was, uh, Russ, do you remember the national? Remember the, 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 oh, the yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, what they're betting on, and the national tried to do this 20, 25 years ago, they're trying to corner the market and they're hoping that newspapers die. So everybody has. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. But, but the problem is newspapers, even though they're, they're, you know, they're firing people or laying people off or not rehiring people who are who are retiring or, or hiring people after people retire. They're not dying. So it's like at least not yet. So that, they're not going to die. They're not going to die because there's going to be people who are going to be there's always people out of college willing to take a lot less money to write for. Right. Them, you know, and that's always going to happen. And you're going to find that, you know, newspapers are in a lot of ways have become like the like, positions. Yeah, like the proving ground for a lot of people. Like you know, before they go to like that places like the Athletic and the TSN and Hockey Buzz and things like that. Like they, this, you see, like newspapers are really they're starting that there's a different it's a different world. So I don't know. Well, okay. Should, go ahead. You're, you're still you're still. Yeah, Rush, you need to like restart your modem or something. Sorry, you never we never have this issue with you, but something's really funky in your place. <laughs> look, look. That you froze in a really angry looking position too. So. <laughs> Jeez. On top of that all, but that's not, yeah, Russ just, re, just restart everything. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to me, that this is, this is uh, you know, I, I think this is boring to a lot of people. We'll move on, but oh, yeah. I think, that, I, think I do think that this is something that, you know, obviously something that we deal with on a daily basis. So why don't we start with the, with the Flyers stuff? Because uh, uh, the, the Flyers Capitals game was yeah. postponed today. Um, yeah. We heard about Travis Sanheim being uh, put on the COVID protocol list. I'm not sure if that means he's positive because not not everybody that goes on the list is positive. They meet, basically are symptomatic and then they're monitoring them. But um, you know, can't uh, po not canceling, but postponing a game is a big step because that's the indicator that there might be more there than just one guy. Yeah. Um, that's, I'm trying to text somebody. I've texted a bunch of people today. So far, no one's talking. Um, but if I do get it by the end of the show, I'll let you guys know um, yeah. who else might be on this list. I think that the um, the, the the one issue here that that is coming up a lot today is, of course, that this is a team that's playing the Tahoe series, right? And that's that's the uh, two weeks from now, I guess. So, well, okay. Let's just say this: when they announced this. I was skeptical. I mean, the one thing that, you know, okay, it's going to be outdoors. I get it. Okay, that's great. But these teams are playing indoors leading up to an outdoor thing. And we know yeah. we know the situation right now that, you know, we've got multiple teams that have postponed. And yesterday the, the big story was, um, and I mentioned it on the show yesterday, that Bill Guerin was going to have a conference call with the NHL. Apparently it was more than just him. It was him and a few other teams. And what came out around five o'clock was that they had decided to cancel or postpone more games involving the wild, the Sabres and the devils, which is a smart thing because right. I don't know whether a week is enough time yeah. to, to, you know, okay, you can, okay. You can call up players from the taxi squad. You can call up players from the minors to fill up, fill up your roster. If that's what's needed. Apparently Garen said that nine players were positive. Yeah, they're in a, they're in a real spot. I mean, the wild have with all those positive players. I mean, on the one hand, it's funny. I talked to somebody from the wild. The one hand, like, yeah, this is really, we need to be out for a while. On the other hand, it's almost like, you know, we're going to be COVID proof moving forward because everybody's gotten it. And it's interesting. Like they hear that, they hear that from a team, like, you know, that once everybody gets it, that's, and they think the NHL is actually banking on that to a degree. Like I think the NHL is sitting back and saying, you know, we're going to let COVID work its way through. We're going to survive it. And then the more people who have it in COVID, the more people who have COVID, who've had, who have had COVID, not, not, we, we don't know for sure whether it's transmittable or whatever, but it seems right. like 
once you get it, you're not people, the assumption at least, which might be totally horribly wrong, is that you, um, you know, you can't get it again and that you can't transmit it. Well, here could be wrong. If that's wrong, we're all really screwed. But if it's right, then there does become a point at which you have like that, that, you know, tipping point where enough players have had it that it's probably going to stop transmitting through the league. Right. I mean, like the mumps thing a few years ago. Right. But right, it, it stops. But he, yes, but he, but here's the thing. Here's the thing that I think is a reason for optimism because everybody right now is saying, "Oh my God, we've canceled you know 30, 40 games." Or yeah. I keep saying canceled. It's postponed. We've postponed 30, 40 games, whatever. Yeah. This is, I mean, based on the reports from the CDC and everybody, the worst, the worst time is now. January, February, March, yeah. when it's cold, as it warms up, even though you're playing in indoors, the rate of it, the rate of uh, transmission is supposed to go down. So this yeah. is the just like in baseball, the worst part of it was the first month or so. Yeah, uh, and then it dissipated. Now, of course, you know it happened in the playoffs after the end of the World Series when Justin Turner was diagnosed positive, but. Really, I mean, I, I think if they if the NHL survives this, meaning the next month without yeah. like having to shut down half the league, I think they're in better territory. Now, that's to say that nobody's going to get it, but yeah, I think I they're. Feel I, mean, I hate to say this because I want to like knock wood when I say this, Mike. I think you're right, but I not want to knock wood when we say it, and I want to knock wood when we say also the fact that like the reality here is that the NHL having not really discussed at all like just blowing this thing up for this year means that they're gonna that they're gonna just they're plowing through it they're gonna plow through it and they're gonna and if they play 30 games they play 30 like whatever it comes out to they're gonna play and i i think that that's they're gonna try to get to 56 games but whatever they get to they're gonna get and, to and i wonder and i okay i don't know you know i have no i'm just i'm just thinking out loud I wonder, and I said this before. I wonder how long it'll be before the blowback in terms of the PR hit is right. worse is worse than you know the 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 optics of just saying we're going to go out and buy the vaccine because I honestly it's like the only way the only way that you can really determine and make sure that you know no everybody doesn't get it is to get the vaccine. It's yeah. like okay, then you then you then you have to advertise Pfizer at center ice uh, for for the rest of the season. Who cares if you want to get a season? Pay for the damn vaccine. I have no problem with it. Yeah, I think a lot of people would. I don't think that's possible for them. I, know, I don't think it's possible. I, there's just not enough supply, Mike. I don't. It's think a, and also, there's just too many people right now. Like in in too many people that really need it that aren't getting it. Um, you know that that are in the medical industry. I mean, Russ knows that sure. all about that. So it's yeah, like, I, mean, it's like, I have two parents in, 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 in the mid to late eighties, they haven't gotten it yet. And they're I trying. Think that, and the NHL is not willing to make that jump. Um, I think they're just going to plow through it. I really do. I think that they think that they're going to, it, it would, I think they would have canceled it by now if that, if that was an option to them. So I think that, cause there's too many things happening already. I, now the other thing that someone brought up to me, which is really interesting. And this is, this is a fascinating point. This has not happened in the Canadian teams, obviously, which is okay. First of all, we get that. The Canada does this. Canada is much better at this than we are. Uh, hang on, but there's a change there too. Yeah, changes they're allowed to eat indoors now. NHL players, Doug Ford just made that possible, and so we don't know what's going to happen now. Now that they're oh. opening up that, right? But Here, here's a bulletin though, Ross. They were eating indoors before. They were just eating indoors in their own houses. Now no, they're saying now they can eat in restaurants indoors. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I still haven't done well, that. Regular right. people, but regular but, people can't. Andrew, but, here, but, Andrew but the, the, was opening up restaurants in New York State, so you know, opening up Broadway, oh, probably opening up uh, MSG pretty soon, or Yankee Stadium, or this is Canada. We're just talking about Canada, and, and I'm going to sound really like really like self centric here when I say this, but I want to tell you that there's a reality to what I'm about to say. When the Minnesota Wild the Dallas Stars, the Carolina Hurricanes, the Predators have to shut down for a little bit because of this. It's one thing. The Flyers are getting is a different thing. Uh, the Bruins, the Rangers, these other there's certain teams the NHL will look at differently when these teams have to start shutting down. Northeastern big yeah, that just that teams. especially the closer it gets to New York, like the Rangers are the big one. Like if the Rangers had a major outbreak, um, that would affect or the Montreal Canadiens or the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, that would affect the NHL's view for the entire season. I just feel no, like that. I, mean, I don't think it will now. I, here, I'll tell you what the bigger part is. Zach. To me, the bigger part of this is there is no 100% solution. We know that. Right. The bubble was a 100% solution. It was. And the players didn't want it. So now yeah. the players have gotten what they wanted, and it's not working. And so yeah. if they are able to get through this season, I think they're going to have regional hubs – for the playoffs, I don't think there's any question about it, and I don't think the players can say anything about it because their idea of what a season was to them is going to be very hard to get through now. Yes, I and I agree with that, and I think the other reality is that we have to just look at the players as they look at this. Okay, individually, the players look at this like getting COVID sucks. You don't want to get it, but they all know that that none of them are dying from it. You know what I mean? They know that they Not know that today. we don't know what future results. Right, are right. We don't, but I don't think I mean, most hockey players are, you know, thinking that way. Yeah, I know. I know. Where I, know. I think true. that they really are thinking like, uh, we're going to, you know, have to shut down for a while. We're going to get it, but we'll be fine. You know, and I'll be okay. And I'll get it and I'll get back. And, you know, we don't know. You're right. I mean, we don't know the long term. you know, what it does to your wind, what it does to your ability to play could be, could really affect, it could be a major affecting thing on players. We don't know. There's a bunch of things. Yeah. Um, but, but I think, yeah. And I do, I honestly do think that, you know, the Flyers is getting the Flyers having to not be able to play tonight gets closer to the NHL considering other options, perhaps. Well, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, the only thing that I've heard is that in spite of what Russ was saying, and we can't argue the success of the bubbles in Toronto and Edmonton last summer, the players are vehemently against it, even if it means some players testing positive. They do not want to give up yeah. you know, their their freedoms in terms of being able to live their lives and with it with with limitations. Obviously, yeah. I think that yes, you're talking about bubbles, maybe for the conference finals in the Stanley Cup. No, I think it's going to be for the start of the playoffs. But I, don't, I, I, mean, I don't. I don't think they'll agree to it, Russ. Well, hold on, hold on. I think they will because it won't be like just in Edmonton or whatever, it'll be in one of the cities right. from each of their divisions. Yeah. That's the way it'll be. And I think that they will sign on for that because if they want to have a chance to win the Stanley Cup, they're not going to have a choice. Especially if we don't have fans back by then, especially right. I mean, there's other things too. There are other factors involved here. Like if, if for some reason, you know, we get another, we have another vaccine coming. We have another one coming after that. If this does start accelerating to the point where vaccinations are much easier to get and things, you know, you can go to your right aid and get it like a flu shot, you know, then, that changes everything again. So like there that and there's still I know there's still people at the NHL that hope that that's possible. So there's okay, a, let's let's we we know Peter always says hope's not a plan, but let's oh look, my Mac is crashed. That's great. Um <laughs> see you asked me to reboot it and now it's crashed. 
Um, we're, again, we're seeing you. No, this is uh, because I'm on a laptop. Okay. Anyhow, um, what I want to say is we have to be realistic now. And even with vaccines, this is yeah. probably going to go on another five, six months. It is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, I, I, no, I think I think we do have to be realistic too. But I th there's all these all these options. There's enough possibilities. But there's another there's another there's another reason why they and it won't be the it won't be the players. It'll be the teams. In terms of lost revenue, in terms of advertising, this is one of the reasons why they're playing in their own buildings as it is right now. Because, for example, the Leafs would lose millions. If they're not playing in their own arena, because Scotiabank won't pay them the money for their ad, for the naming rights of the, they want these teams to play in their buildings. Yeah, no, there's, like, no there's going to be a point where they can't, and Scotiabank will understand. They will. Maybe. I don't know. No, they will. I mean, they will have to. I mean, they can't. They're I mean, going it, to, Mike. I mean, the, if it gets mandated by, I don't think so. I, well, this, it's going to take government. We just, we just talked about corporate entities being bloodsuckers. I, cutting, I get cutting, that. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. This the same company that just cut radio stations is the name is the naming rights for Centrebel in Montreal. Right, but the the idea is this is a product for them to sell with, and if there is no product because you decided they had to be in their home buildings and the season is canceled, right. that doesn't help anybody. Right, that's true. That's true. That's all right, um, let, let, let's. let's okay. um, Let's, let's move on to regular hockey stuff, though. Well, let's transition. <laughs> regular hockey. There is no regular hockey, heck. There is regular hockey stuff. Okay, let's transition to this because I've been waiting to talk about this since last night. Yeah. At line A. Yep. Columbus Blue Jackets. Okay, I was checking in and out of this game and watched it and saw line A on a Carolina goal standing by himself at the at at the faceoff dot in the defensive zone with nobody around. Yep. No one. Yeah. I was not shocked when I saw all of a sudden on Twitter Patrick Line has been stapled to the bench for the entire third period. Yeah. Okay. Um I'm sorry. I I, I know that Line's been there a week. Maybe he doesn't know the defensive system of the team in and out according to the thing I had just heard there may have been some sort of an exchange between him and Tortorella on the bench. I'm sure there was. I'm sure there was. And you know what? I'm sorry. I know that Tortorella is, you know, is a lightning rod. I'm all in support of Tortorella on this one because honestly, and this is back. This is the book on Patrick Line. This was what got him alienated in Winnipeg from Paul Maurice. He is not a franchise player because mm. he doesn't play at both ends of the ice. He's a pure sniper scorer, and scorers don't want to play defense. And I'm going to be in the middle on this. Act. Here, I support Torts for this game. If Torts does this two or three other times, yeah. then then what's going to happen is Yarmo is going to get involved. Right. And he's going to talk to Torts and he's going to say, "Listen, I've got you these players. Now this is happening with all the players I get you, yeah. John. Yeah. The game is changing, and you are going to have to change with it a bit, even though you don't like it. And guess what? This could tor this could shorten Torts's um, shelf life he in Columbus as a result because." This yeah, happens over time with players and the older yep. coaches. If they don't adapt, they lose. He could have yeah. the same conversation with Torts and with Line A that uh, we when we talked to Kevin of uh, the conversation between Feaster and uh, and Lacavier and Torts. Yeah, I'm not trading Line A. I'm not firing you. Right. Learn right. to live with each other. Maybe right. that. Maybe that. But you know what? I mean, 
Torts expects his players to play at both ends of the ice, no matter who they are. And and this is this is the thing I, I told Russ this before. Look at the look at the look at the difference between the first overall pick in 2016 and the second overall pick in 2016. Line A has not signed a long-term deal. He's on his second team, and he's encountering the same problems now in Columbus that he did in Winnipeg with the same with a similar type coach. Mm-hmm. Austin Matthews is leading the NHL in goals with 11. And if you watch any, if any anybody who watched that game between him and Van, between the Leafs and Vancouver, he was selling out at both ends of the ice. He was coming deep into his zone, helping yeah. out his defense. He is devoting himself to playing two way hockey, and he's still scoring at a at a point where he could win the Rocket Richard. That's what you expect of a franchise player, and that's what Winnipeg and now Columbus is not getting out of line A. Yeah, I think um, I I kind of I don't disagree with obviously with what Matthews is doing is remarkable. He's scored in what eight straight games now or something like that too, and he's yeah, just been yeah. like he's really I mean he's had an amazing and he is playing defense. He hasn't always played defense, but he has yeah. like he, he always has had the potential to play defense. And when he's and you've seen it in situations like where they're trying to hold a lead, where he does play solid, he can play good defense. He's really good defensively. Yet I think that what the difference there is also the microscope that, you know, is on Matthews is, is granted. It's huge, right? But there, he's also not the only – he didn't just get traded, you know, to a team. Like, Line is, the microscope is on Line A right now is intense. He just got traded to a team that that, that tends to lose players. He, um, you know, he got traded for a – you know, he's the, he's the best player on that team. He's the, he's the superstar player on the team as far as a forward goes. Not the best player on the team, but the best forward on the team. Um, I think the I think the pressure on line A is is just is really intense. And yes, he was standing around, and I saw the same play, Mike, and I saw I felt the same thing. But I also think that the elephant in the room here is that Kekalainen is working line A behind the scenes to try to get him to stay in Columbus, and this didn't help. Right? This this is like right. Well, that's what I'm saying. There's going to be a moment. Yeah, there is. It's gonna it's gonna be conflict. But the the other thing with Columbus is. And we'll get back to line A if you want. But the other thing with Columbus is their goaltending is below average this season. Neither goalie looks good. They're both having problems. Corpusallo gave up some bad goals. Yeah. And that is not helping the torch system either because the goaltending isn't perfect in that torch system. You see the flaws in it. Yeah, yeah, and 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 yeah, and 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 Elvis is hurt now, so that doesn't help either. Right. So like, this is it's it it is a very uh, tricky situation for them to be in. There is no question that that you can the only I mean Torres came out and said all the right things. He said, okay, this was just he, he thinks that Line has to learn the system. That was like a good that was, that was a pretty good pretty good line by him. Like pretty good line. Like okay, he's, you know he's still learning the defensive system. Okay, so can you at least admit that that's not true though? It's not. Of true. course, it's not true. But I think <laughs> but, you can, but but it's a way of him getting his point across. It to is try, to try to ease. It is it's for Torres. That's very very um politically correct. I mean that's. That's for Torres to say that much tells you already that there's an issue here that you know the Kekalainen doesn't want Torres to do this to line it like that that he that he said that much at all tells me something like right. that, this isn't the NFL where he has to learn a playbook. No, yeah, and he has to learn to pick up his man at the point which which you know which ten year olds are learning at every every right. youth hockey place there is. So yeah, I agree with you on that. There's no question about that. There's but I also think that Torres you know he said that and he said you know it's just a part of the process. I think one time like this is one thing. If this becomes a regular habit, yes, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem because, like, so enough last night is like, you know, he came here to do just the things really quickly. You know, we're defending a tough lead there, but 
yeah, but it's not that's not gonna well, last very I'll tell you what's upstaging line A is the fact that Roselbeck is playing like Jack Roselbeck can play, and that no, is yeah. not helping Patrick Line's case at all. Yeah, I mean oh, yeah. Roselvik deked uh a Carolina defenseman out of his jock scoring a winning goal. Oh, much more talented kid than I realized, you know, like I'm um, oh, just he's like, got a lot of talent, Eck. He's young. Yeah. No, he's very young and he and he's just, you know, I mean, I kind of just got buried in Winnipeg. He skipped a lot of levels, but there's talent there. And I was really upset. Like he got buried in Winnipeg, and then I was like, ah man, this whole holdout thing in Winnipeg, that kind of got to me too, because I hate when players do that. But he definitely has the skill and he's backing it up right now on the ice. So there's something to that. I agree. And Um, that's the thing. So how come he can go there and learn the system and line A can't? Right. That's where that torts part of it doesn't work. And honestly, it is good that torts said that because he would have said something worse otherwise. But let's also understand that most Columbus fans are smart enough to realize after a week, you know what's going on with the team. You've practiced with them. It's yeah. not like you're not picking it up. It's more because right. because Russ with line A, and you know, okay, I, I the only time I've ever had any kind of personal uh, interaction with line A was at the 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 draft. I, mean, I don't even know if he was at the draft combat. I think he was in 2016, but I did see him. Yeah, in, he was there. I think. Yeah, I did see him in Buffalo at the draft. Okay, I'm sure he's a good kid, but there's a sense of, there's a sense of entitlement there because okay, he's a big talented scorer who's got one of the best shots in the league who you know when he applied himself scored what over 40 goals in Winnipeg that one year but there's a sense of entitlement there and and obviously he doesn't feel the way he plays he doesn't feel he has to play defense I'm gonna say I don't know if it's entitlement I've interviewed him probably four or five times uh after good games and bad and at that combine I think there's an aloofness to him and I think you know he's got this like unicorn kind of personality where (laughs) I think it is hard to get through to him. It is. And it's funny because my my I've gotten to talk to him a couple of times, but the one time I really got to talk to him the most was when they brought them the, the draft guys there for during the uh World Cup of Hockey, I guess it was. Or no, no, it was the no, it was the Stanley no, it was the Stanley Cup. Right, right. Yeah, they bring him up for the Stanley Cup, they bring the next year draft guys in. And so I got to talk to Lion A and Matthews, like right next to each other. They were standing there, both standing there in the hallway. There's scrums around each of them. So getting to talk to them back to back before both of them were drafted. And it was interesting. The difference in them was so striking. It was crazy. Like they were, they're, they're so different. I mean, Matthews at that point, and still to this point, just completely quiet, um, you know, unassuming character, really mm-hmm. just um, really kind of Lindros-esque in a way, like in his, in like he was afraid to sort of say anything wrong, but didn't, and didn't want to say much at all. You know, I think that's true actually. Yeah. And, uh, and line a very much like relaxed, calm in front of the media like this is like this is no big deal i don't i'm, I'm meeting all these you know this is that's, that's mckenzie that's Dreger. who cares you know it's, it's just very different kind of like he, and i i wouldn't say it was like entitled as much as it was aloof like it just felt like aloof like it felt more like okay this is you know and and yeah they they, they just couldn't be different more different from each other there's no personality wise it was just it was a striking thing it, was, it felt that way too like the with like Christian and nolan patrick too like certain things that you just, just see two guys next to each other who are going to get drafted one and two who just are totally different from each other yeah no question like i said i mean and i don't and, and again i do think there's a little hard-headedness in in line a for sure but i do think there's also just it's hard to get through and i think if you want to unlock that goal scoring that you know obviously with that shot that's there Unfortunately, Torts' way is not going to work on him. It's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I talked to a player last night. It was really interesting. Who said to me, he said, listen, you know, this is like off the record. Don't tell them, don't say who I was, but you can say this. I think a lot of people feel this way. And I thought this was, a, I'm going to write a story about it, but I think it's worth bringing up um, that, you know, players in the NHL, like they do feel, they're just a sense of entitlement. I mean, they get paid a lot of money to do what mm-hmm. they do. They, they enjoy it. I mean, it's a, it's a great job, obviously. Sure. Right now, it's not as great of a job, and it's more of a job to a lot of them. And he said, "These are there's mm-hmm. definitely a sense of like, okay, we we, we you know we want to get paid this year, so we got to do this." Where you would never have that in hockey, like that's never like normally normally the pro at pro athlete attitude. Normally, pro athlete attitude is like you know they, they're getting paid a lot. That's awesome. Let's go out there and they go out there and play and have fun. And, and well, I'll do tell their- you what that is. Act. Real life has come on a yes. crazy course with fantasy. It has no questions about it. And the, and you know for the younger players, that's a lot to take in because. We forget that these guys are are not super emotionally mature at 20, 21, right. 22 years old. I mean, they're you know we we you know we're much older than that, and we can see things a lot differently than they do. They've never they've always been the best player on the team. They've always been pampered to a degree. They've always been you know they've always had the puck as much as they want to. They've always all these things that they have had. You know, it's different now, and now they're also facing the fact that this is a job, and they're going, and they have to stay safe, and they're going, and they're playing in front of nobody, and and it, there's a bunch of things now that are that are coming into play. And they have to they have to survive this year, and that's the reality. You know, they're they're trying to survive one year, but yeah, it's definitely it's a factor. And and with some players, I think like Line, you know, maybe you could see it happening, factoring into last night to a degree. Like this is a tough spot. Um, I don't know. I, I want, I'm gonna be interesting to see if Kekaline how Kekalainen goes eventually with this. Will he like side? Are we going to come to like a, it's either Patrick Line or Tortorella moment? Like that's what I'm wondering. Well, I don't think it will happen. I mean, although he his contract is up at the end of this year, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. So it just may not get renewed, Eck. Right, and he's a lot, but they've but 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 Kekalainen's also always defended him. But there's always a point when you have to stop defending Torts too. And yeah, there's a lot of coaches. It's not just Torts; it's a lot of coaches. No, but it's but, especially him. I think that you run into. But it's him especially, and I do yeah. think, and we've seen this every place he's coached. I've seen owners and I've seen GMs go out of their way to say what you just said, but there is a day when that stops. Except in Vancouver. Except in Vancouver, it never happened. Where they threw him, where they threw him under the bus after one incident where he went to the Calgary locker room. Right. Yeah. So, you know. Um, okay. Let, let, let's move on to this because I'm sure that this will, you know, be a uh, nice conversation regarding the Pittsburgh Penguins GM situation. Uh, <laughs> A number of people, Frank Cervelli, Elliot Friedman, are all reporting that it looks like Ron Hextall is the new GM in Pittsburgh. They're nothing official yet. They're in mm-hmm. talks. But the, the negotiations, uh, yeah. Well, what else, what else is coming out here is that Hextall may be one of a number of hires. It sounds like what they're going to do here, and, you know, Greg Wyshynski uh, <laughs> just yeah. tweeted this out. Um that there may be a cabinet of hires rather than one GM to well, of course off. it has to be right. So basically what it sounds like is they're going to put Hextall Hextall will be the overall GM uh, and will be in charge of replenishing the penguins, sad, empty uh, prospect pool, but that there will be other assistants hired as well to help with the day-to-day operations. And it sounds like they want to do two things at once. They want to contend now and they want to rebuild. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what I Wait, I'll yeah. tell you what I said on, on Sirius Act, and then you can go with your thing yeah. too. Uh, it's obvious what with seeing what the Flyers are doing with 
the scouts that Hextall had and the player development that Hextall employed, that that is his calling card. That is get, helping him get a job. Even yeah. the JVR contract, you can't kill Hextall on anymore right, because right. that's working out. So that's all in the, in the positive. The way the Penguins were working was Rutherford was doing wearing a lot of hats. So, yeah. of course, the Penguins are going to have to hire more people. And if Hextall comes in, all I can say is look for some familiar faces that may be in other places that now will end up in Pittsburgh with Ron Hextall. That's all I can say. And that's yeah. what's going to happen. But I don't think he's going to take it down to the to the um, bare wood, bones, as they say. Yeah, yeah, he's no, not going to do that. But I do think I you, don't have, you don't have to do that. You do have some. You do have. You do have a, a base in Pittsburgh to build off of. There's, there's a base, but I I was asked what would you do if you were the GM, and I'll tell you the two things I would do. I would trade Malkin either at the trading deadline or the draft, depending on value is highest, and then I would trade Latang. I would roll with everything else after that. So now I'm going to replenish my system. I'm going to get some roster players out of that, and I'm going to save cap money. And well, I think Axel is going to have a similar plan. I do. Well, the, the thing is, Russ, is that the talk was before <laughs> Rutherford was fired was that was the, what he was trying to do. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, I tried about that. That's, 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 he didn't that's, try that hard, now, though. Now, the no, only he did thing, try to trade Malkin. Now, the only thing, oh, I, can think of, the only thing I can think of is Rutherford's aim was – Let's trade Malkin for other players that will help us contend now. And what Hextall might do is trade Malkin for a package of draft picks and prospects to replenish. They were very specific to Rutherford that they wanted Crosby and Malkin to retire Penguins. That's and Latang and Latang too, supposedly. I heard the other two. I mean, I, I heard definitely on the other two. I, I mean, I, some people say Latang possibly, but no matter what, they definitely said Malkin. And Malkin is they definitely wanted Malkin to retire. Um, to retire as a penguin. That okay, is but they didn't but they didn't say give this contract to Jack Johnson. And they didn't say right. you know, oh, yeah, for sure. there yeah. were other things that happened that hurt their cap and hurt their prospect system. The and Matheson so, trade, you know, that you and know, not gonna do that. He's yeah. gonna help both of those. Yeah, yeah. Um th that 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 I um someone someone that act did Rutherford have a trade for Lang in the works. I do not know. I honestly have to tell you I don't know. Um, Latang, he means not Robert Lang. Latang, Latang right? Latang, right? Sorry. <laughs> not Robert Lang. Robert Lang, no, he's he's still not he's good not player. There. Yeah, he was um, part of that whole thing. Um, but anyway, I think yeah, this to think that Ron Hextall is going to be my president of a committee. If I'm like, it means you didn't do any homework at all if you're the Penguins. <laughs> no, but he's going to change. He's not going to be the exact same guy in Philly. He's not going to be the exact same guy. But you're talking about like a mad like. First of all, you're right, Russ. That he's like he is like probably a great director of scouting. Beyond, beyond that's what he does, right? That's Hexy's thing, no question about it. And if you're going to make him the director of scouting, then make him the director of scouting. But if you think you're going to make him the GM, but then of other people, no. It, well, it, well, well, I mean, I mean is his, is, we don't we don't know what the divvying of responsibilities here is, but I'm assuming if Hextall is the general manager and he's coming in there. Um, he has been given autonomy to rebuild that franchise in terms of their prospect pool. Uh, it's non-existent right now. There's like one or two prospects. Um, well, you can't just give him partial autonomy. You can't just say for the prospect. Oh, he's going to have full autonomy. But Eck, let's just not say he only can do director of scouting because right. – oh, No, I'm not saying he can only do director of scouting. No, no, I'm no, just hold saying, on. Hear me out. So yeah. the Flyers had the exact same cap person for Chuck Fletcher that they did with Ron Hextall. Who, has yeah. more, who had more cap space? 
No, that's true. That's true. I get so it. There is a philosophy there that that goes with it. Hextall did a heck of a job. The Hextall did a great job building building a building a prospect pool, building all this. No question, he did it. But that, but by doing that, it also meant the Flyers had to suffer a couple of years that I don't think the Penguins are willing to suffer. They're going to have to suffer for a year. I think they're going to ride this year out and see how they do because it's a weird year and anything can happen. I think next year is going to be the year they suffer, and I think they're going to trade some of these guys. And they'll say they're trying well, to win, and it, whatever happens, happens. Russ, it could be this year that they suffer. They're five, five, and one right now. And if it's a fifty-six game season with no fans, why wouldn't you choose this year to suffer? I'll tell you why. Because you don't know what's going to happen with the other teams because of COVID. The Flyers. This could kill the Flyers' season. It's probably killed the Devils' season. Like we don't know. I know Miami ended up coming in second place last year in baseball, but you don't know how it's going to affect these players. So maybe Pittsburgh gets lucky. Look, if we don't think we're in a fluky season right now with the NHL, like, you of know, course we are, we are, right? No, we are. We, that we are. And I think if I'm the GM, I'm going to roll the dice like everybody else. Well, it, it, it's, it's a fluky season, but it's not a fluky season. This is basically the equivalent of November and the Leafs have the best record in hockey. So by January, they'll be in the middle of the pack. <laughs> it's a weird season. There's for sure. that optimism that we like. Yes, it's a weird season for sure. But at the same time, um, it also isn't like these two years that this year and next year that are weird or whatever are going to be years that Crosby gets back on his life. Like you know, I mean, that the, how they're looking at it is they only have so many years of Sidney Crosby. Right, and I said that, but the, Crosby will suffer for a year. But Crosby's also going to be a player that plays into his forties. I think we all know that. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, he'll he'll, he'll play as a lesser player too for a while, but. Yeah. I also think that listen. I just I think that you know Hextall's a Hextall can change. I'm not saying he can't, and I'm hearing it's you know Anthony Texas. I'm and Texas just a minute ago. He's hearing it's close to being done. I'm hearing the same thing too with Hextall. I don't, I don't think I think it's all. I think he's telling people in Philadelphia right now, from what I understand, that it that it's done. Yeah, because they're just like, again, like Mike said, crossing the T's and dotting. Yeah, it. but the it, the how this how this is made out is going to be really interesting like how how this is done is going to be because it's going to be a completely if, if, if we're talking about like a new york islanders-esque type committee by panel you know gar snow era thing it's not going to be like that i'll tell you what it's going to be like he is going to hire people that have worked with him before and that were very successful and some of those guys are going to come to pittsburgh now and they're going to be able to get on the get off the ground running because even if Ron still has some of these quirks, they know how to work with him. Yeah, I guess. I mean, and, and it's going to take, a, it's also going to take a lot of um, Mario Lemieux being okay with like, well, you know, he'll either be okay or I think he'll sell. Like, I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, it's possible, I mean, it's possible that this could mean he's not, he's on his way out. Like you we thought before. Well, it's, it's funny because one of the, they, they, I can't remember what show it was that they were talking about, uh, you know, the implausibility of Hextall being hired by the Penguins. And it was cited that, well, Hextall would want nothing more right now than to get back at the Flyers for the way they screwed him over. And that is enough motivation to take the <laughs> job. Oh, there's no question that um, vengeance is a huge motivator for Ron Hextall in general. I mean, this, that this is going to be something that he's going to feed off of. Um, as you know, he, that's still in his, in his psyche there, you know, just cause he's a GM now, he's still, he's not a guy who doesn't, you know, he so doesn't hold, he holds that. So I can see him taking a baseball swing with his goalie stick at Chuck Fletcher. The next time the GMs meet. <laughs> uh, figuratively he will for sure. Yes. Yeah. You know, can I, um, tell you where I think that if, if they let Malkin pick where he's going to go, where he wants to go, 
I'm going to tell you, I think it's Washington. I think it's Washington? With Ovechkin? With Ovechkin. And it doesn't mean they won't trade Kuznetsov in the deal, because they might. I just think that I can yeah, see. They, going, you know, they are, from what I've, everything I've heard, he and Ovi aren't all that close. They don't have to be. You, no. Do you think, do you, all right, let's, let's get one thing out of the way. Do we think Crosby and Malkin are close? I don't. Yeah, it's not a coincidence that no, but I no, I don't think that I don't. But I think that Malcolm wants to go to a place where he's unmistakably the number one center. I don't think he does. No. I, I, I disagree. I don't think he does. He's Thirty-four years old. He's no, not I don't. I don't center anymore. No, he's right. no, he's still. I don't. I don't think. I think you're underestimating what Malcolm thinks of himself too. There. No, sure. If you go to Washington and you're the number two because the number one is Alex Ovechkin. That's as good as being a number one on almost any other center. Like, you know, like, you know, it, it, well, it, he would be the number one. Same as the old boss. Well, Backstrom's still there. So he's yeah, not the Backstrom, one. you know what? If, if all of a sudden Malkin comes in and he could show that he's better than Backstrom, they'll give the first line center to Backstrom because Backstrom doesn't have an ego. But guess what? He's going to have to do better on faceoffs. He's going to have to be more engaged in games. He's not looking like the old Evgeny Malkin either. So. I would see. I could see him going to Montreal. To be honest. Okay. That's why I, I. I mean, I could be wrong, but you know, um, as someone said, LA. I've heard that as before. Yeah, but the number two behind Kopitar. Yep. Yeah, and it is behind true. a lot of other guys. He would be the number two behind some of the young guys too in a year or so. Yeah, and and yeah. you know, God, God knows any team that trades for Evgeny Kuznetsov would 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 love to have his you know talent and his brains. Because a couple of days ago he he was asked uh, whether he had COVID nineteen symptoms, and he was asked if he was scared at all, and he said, "No, I'm from Russia." Listen, there you go. I mean, there's always dumb statements, Mike. Like, come on. Well, that's super dumb. But that I'm is super saying, dumb. I'm but it is saying, also not shocking that it came from him. I think. I think personally. Ovechkin's only going to be in the league another year or two. I think now with the shortened seasons, he's going to see he can't stop, catch Gretzky's record. It's impossible. But I also think if Malkin goes there, he might extend for another year or so because there is would be a legit chance of winning a cup. I do. That's yeah, just my feeling. I don't think it's impossible. I think that Ovechkin would stay here until he, until his late thirties because he knows he knows he can go back to the KHL and do what uh, Datsuk did and play into his forties. But Mike, it's a hundred and ninety goals. He's not doing it. Well, that's. I mean, he's not going to average fifty over four seasons, but over five or six, he might. I don't think he's going to do it. I think, and unfortunately, I can always, I think help. I can always I, help. I know. I don't think it's because of his play. I think it's because of these two shortened seasons. These shortened seasons definitely kill him. They do. Going to they kill him. I, I'm not saying that they wouldn't, but I think he, yeah. he still could stay here. And I think, I mean, the reason I think Malkin doesn't go there, I think Malkin goes. I think Malkin's going to go to a team that he sees as a team that can win. That that, that and I, I'm not saying, and I know I'm lower on the Capitals than you guys are, but I, I don't think I think the Caps may have another year this year, and then they may have another run in it. But after this year, I'm not quite sure that they're not going to have to cut it. To rebuild, and I don't think Malkin. Well, if they got a Malkin, I don't think they would have to. That's my point. Maybe, maybe they get one more year out of it. I don't know. I just oh, think-, I think they could get more. I think again, if Samsonov plays better next year, because maybe the ATV accident did have an effect on him, like we talked about, that would help their situation a lot too. So I, I don't, you know, and look, could Craig Anderson come back for another year if he all of a sudden does well for them this season? If they start right. to use him, that's possible too. So I think. I think the Capitals could get a little bit more runway out of it. But, again, we'll see where Malkins goes. Like, I have no clue. I'm just guessing. And uh, okay. Colorado, Like a place like Colorado, like a place like that, like a place that, I don't know, we could see that would be just. A 
a couple other observations. First of all, one mm -hmm. of the one of the one of the reorganization things regarding the schedule that that was announced, along with the 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 postponement of the Capitals Flyers game, was moving a Arizona St. Louis game to later this week, which means that Arizona and St. Louis will play each other seven consecutive games. It's like a playoff series. <laughs> Well, I'll talk about padding, padding the Blues' um, winning percentage a little bit there. Yeah. That's, like, that's um, now, now, I saw, and I don't know if you saw any of this, Russ. I saw uh, about a period of the Lightning Predators game last I night. I didn't see any of it. And I, I have to say, Pekka Rene is done. Uh, yeah. At least two of the two of the goals. Uh, I mean, it was like it, it was like the puck was in a different dimension and it just went <laughs> through him. I mean, it, it, you know, I know it's the lightning and the lightning are one of the best teams in the league. They're the cup champions, but for the predators to have had a chance to win that game, they just needed the basic save. They did not need Rene to stand on his head and they weren't even getting that. I mean, yeah. they're done. He's done. It really is. No, I think so too. I do. I know it's a shame. It, 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 they really, they're really kind of stuck. Um, I guess. I mean, I, they, they could go out. They could have gone out and gotten another goalie at some point. Right. I'm not even sure Ingram's back even for the AHL, right? I don't think he is. No. I don't think he's going to play the entire year. Is yeah, there? he's not. So that puts him in it. I mean, they're really barring so it. They're, they're in a tough spot for goalies. They're yeah. in a really tough spot. This is, a, this is, a, this is, this is going to be a year that, you know, the Preds, the Preds have always found ways to make the playoffs. This is, a, this is a tough one for them. I don't, I don't know. Now, Russ, you watched the Islanders-Rangers game. I, 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 I watched about two periods of it before I fell into a coma. That's how uninteresting it was, it was boring. Um, yeah. There was, you know, look, Islander Rangers, at least in my mind, is still always a good game. And it was very competitive, although it was no score for a very long time. Oh, breaking news. There was some good goaltending in that game. Breaking there news, was. breaking news. Elliot Friedman is reporting that Columbus Blue Jacket forward Miko Koivu is retiring. Retiring. All right. So the only thing I'll say about that is, Eck. Tortorella is going to be in the hot seat very soon. Yeah. So, you know, was was Koivu brought in there as sort of the – and I'm not – okay. He's a veteran guy. They used him as second-line center last week, which he isn't anymore. Right. Yeah. Was he brought in there to be sort of the conduit of information between Yarmo and the players? So you're saying he's a double agent, Mike? Is I'm that what you're saying? I'm saying he was a spy. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's like it's like a Tom Clancy novel. I'm gonna say something. I have to agree with Mike. I think there's something to it. It's probably not that far off. I mean, it, it probably does serve that purpose one way or the other. Even if it's not brought in to do that, he probably did serve that purpose. Um I mean, because if he writes and finish, you don't even have to put it in invisible ink. There's no point. Right. Yeah. I mean, it looks like yeah, have you ever tried to read finish. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks like it was written in invisible ink. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. Um, the other, the other, Forgetting, no, hold on. Forgetting back to the Rangers. I didn't actually talk about the game. Right. Yeah. Here, here was the impression that I got. And I'm not, I'm, this is just me thinking about the Islanders. Uh, this is Varlamov's year. Sorokin's really not going to get much of a chance. No, I, yeah, when you see how he's playing, yeah. It has nothing to do with him. It has everything to do with how he's playing. I think, actually, I think he's turned his game up since Sorokin got there. I do and too. I do think Trotz has all the, you know, faith in the world in him. I mean, we talked about his previous relationship with him. And 
the way that they play and the fact that they don't score a lot, they need a goalie to play like that. And so far, he, he's he been fantastic. That game was opportunistic for them. Uh, it wasn't a bad game for the Rangers in the sense that defensively they played a good game. But, again, yeah. I think I didn't see the minutes. Lafreniere is getting his minutes cut. And if you remember, I wrote a scathing article about Melrose and Stamkos' rookie year yeah. uh, playing him like seven yeah, minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and the next day he got fired. It was not because of my article, but it was basically because the Tampa Bay Lightning saw the same thing and said, hmm, I don't think if David Quinn's not winning and he's cutting minutes from Lafreniere, that's not a way to stay ingratiated with the Rangers organization. I can no, tell you that. No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, no, I, I just look, as you were talking, Russ, I was just looking back in some of the box scores of uh, Columbus and Carolina and Koivu has not, did not play last night, did not play in the game uh, that they lost um Let's see. The, the, I'm looking at the 6-5 loss from a, a couple days ago, and I'm not sure if he played in that one either. So that might have been the reason why um, he's Did you know, guy, he's cashed it in because he's not. not yeah, I'm not surprised. Not I mean, if you're him, why would you, why would you, why would you keep doing this? You know, he, right? He played in the in the six-five game, the game with the uh, disputed goal, and he was a minus two in nine minutes and thirty-seven seconds. So he's playing fourth line minutes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but again, okay, so let's talk about that for a minute. So, Eck, if you are John Tortorella and you know that Koivu has come in there, he didn't come in there to play fourth-line minutes. Right. Maybe he's right. not playing exactly up to your specifications or expectations, but he's still an NHL player. Uh, you have to admit, this is – he that – what Mike just said, what he laid out is a great reason for Koivu to leave. And I'm not going to yeah. put it all on the coach because some of it's on the player. But at the end of the day, why would you put up with that? Yeah, there's no reason for him to do it. I mean, I, I think that's it, it It really does put it into into perspective a little bit. And, and yeah, no, I really thought that Koivu, because he just he is such a hard worker, such a like a such a great captain type player would work really well with torts. Yeah, he's uh, a great guy in the room. Everything. I didn't, I didn't see any, there being any conflict between those two. I thought that was a great move. I thought it was a great idea. And the fact is not, you know, it, it might have nothing to do with torts. And, you know, it's possible that this is just Koivu being like, you know, this COVID thing. Possible. Yes. This it COVID is thing is ridiculous. I don't, I'm not playing enough to do this. You know, that's cool. That may be Koivu now. That might be clear now. Now the other, the other, the other, uh, the other game last night, and we have to talk about Vancouver again. Um, now this is the thing. I give like Groundhog Day. We only talk I, about six. I do have to run, guys. I'm sorry. I do have a thing. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll finish no it up. Talk to you all shortly. Thank you. Sorry about that. No problem. Um, okay. I, I give Vancouver a lot of credit in this respect. I think they played probably their best two periods of the season. They outshot Toronto 27 to 7 in the first two periods and they didn't get paid off. Anderson played really well. It was 1-1 and in the span of 11 seconds Leaf scored two goals and it was over and that that completely deflated them. You know, yeah. Holby Hope he played really well, and you know I think he had to because the previous night apparently him and JT Miller had words on the ice. And well, I'll tell you why they had words because yeah. when things were breaking down in front of Hopey, he had that look and he looked to the heavens, right. and then he had that look like what the hell is going on in front of me? And I'm sure some players took offense to that. Yeah, and I mean 
you know, maybe he showed them up, but he showed them up for a reason because they weren't playing right. defense in front of him. If I'm a goaltender who has won a Stanley Cup and has had a team play defense in front of him. Yeah, uh, I'm not saying it wasn't justified. You're right. Exactly. Now, all I know, all I know is, and, you know, good teams, good teams win when they don't play at their best and they still win. And that was that was the Leafs last night. They played terrible for for two periods. They they showed you know they they pumped it up in the third period. They got the win. You know now they're ten two and one. They can't you know against a team like Vancouver you can get away with it. Against a team like Montreal who they play on Wednesday they play that game they get beat six one. So they may have been looking ahead to Montreal, but who knows? All I know is that a lot of the talk right now regarding Vancouver is trading Jake for Tannen. Is that they're not gonna they're not gonna fire Green, uh, they're not gonna fire Benning at least not today. Right now, today, today, but that they're looking to make a trade and Vertanen is the convenient guy to trade because he's been under the gun for a few years. He tantalizes with his you know physical package and his ability to play, but he never he doesn't consistently do it. So they're talking about and every time they every time well, remember this GM is the one that helped draft him. Right. Him and his scouts. It was his first draft pick. Yeah. But every every time, and this is going way back in the past, but every time Vancouver trades a enigmatic player with size and you know and skill, but he just doesn't show it. You think back to the early 80s when they traded uh Cam Neely for Barry Peterson. And then Cam Neely goes someplace else, and he's a Hall of Famer. And yeah, I don't think he'll he'll be a Hall of Famer for no, 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 no. But I mean, but the, the, there's a there's a there's a there's a history there, yeah. You know, and not only that one, but you even go back a little further than that. You know, try Tiger Williams and Jerry Butler for Rick Vive and Bill Durlego, and Rick Vive goes to Toronto and scores fifty goals three times. Yeah. So that's the worry that I that, screwed that, up my finger for uh, six months. <laughs> That's the way I have to shake his hand and congratulate him then on that. Next time I see Rick Vive, I'm taking him out. No, no, fist bump. He's too good a shape. If you've seen this guy, he's in too good a shape, but I'm doing a fist bump. I'm not taking that unbelievable white head of hair. It's unbelievable. I know. Um, But no, I mean, but this is the, the same thing that's going on in Calgary with Sam Bennett is going on in Vancouver with Vertanen. It's the fear that, okay, we could trade him and he goes someplace else and he's successful. Right. That's, I mean, it's a justifiable fear because these GMs could lose their jobs if Bennett goes someplace else and is good. Again, Vertanen, the same thing. If he hasn't met your expectations, you have to trade him. You can't worry about that part. You can't because if it's not working out there, what does it matter? Honestly, what does it matter? You're probably going to lose your job anyhow. Yeah, you could say that. And I think we know that Benning, if they don't. I mean, how, how good a footing is Jim Benning on right now? None. 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 I think he's I, I think he's safe for the year. Okay, he might be. But, you know, will he be at the draft? I don't know. Well, will there be a draft? That's the other question. Well, I mean. But I'm just saying, assuming there's a draft, Mike, will he be there? Probably not. Probably. I think, not. I think he loses his job at the end of the year if they don't pull out of this and finish in the playoffs. Um, you know, it's. A, I mean, the thing is, he's not. He would not be fired for his job in terms of recognizing talent. He'd be fired for his jobs. His job of evaluating the players to sign and not sign in free agency. I mean. Three years ago, I said, 
he's should be fired for Roussel and Beagle and Sven mm -hmm. Archie. And they, they got past that because he had such a good eye in terms of draft talent, Quinn Hughes and Pedersen. Right. But we also, it's more than that. We also have to remember there are times that the, the owners will go to a GM and say, we don't like this. We want this. Make it happen. And right. GMs have to do it. There's nothing they can do. I mean, yeah. they can just walk out. Maybe that's what Jared, why Jim Rutherford walked out. But that's your only other option. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll take a couple questions before we end the show. Uh, Flamester asks, uh, Mike, do you think the deadline will be a dud this year? I don't think it'll be a dud, but I think it's going to be more than ever, it's going to be probably spread. I, I, I could see a number of teams making their trades two weeks out. Me too. So they could beat the quarantine and get right. somebody for a meaningful amount of time. Right. So the de the deadline, I think, is April 12th. It'll probably be like around April 1st. You'll be a, you'll see a, a flurry of deals. Perfect timing. Let's see where the Leafs are April 1st. Perfect. Yeah. Great. For April Fool's Day. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. Um, Cameron says, can you see Ron Hextall bringing in a new coach next season? Uh, it's possible. It's possible. But I mean. No, no, it's very possible. Yeah, it is. I mean, let's. Let's, let's extrapolate. Let's extrapolate from that. If it, okay. if if he's bringing in a new coach, John Stevens, Stevens could be one. I mean, we'll start with Sullivan was in a little trouble two years ago. Remember? Yes. And he did work his way out of it. Now his GM is gone. So we have to say Sullivan is going to have to prove it to Hextall right now, right this moment, right this season. Otherwise, there could be an issue. Uh, I could see John Stevens. I could see I, I could tell you what Hextall is not going to do. He's not going to dip into the college hockey world. I think he's done with that. Um, <laughs> so the thing is Dave Hextall is not on the short list. Right. Dave Hextall will not be on his list. I think there could be I'm trying, you know, what I also think like any other smart GM, he'll look to see who gets fired too. Yeah. I mean and Torts might be out there and Babcock might be out there. And I don't think he'll go Babcock, but like if Torts was out there, would Hexel go there? Yeah, I think there's a chance. Yeah. Um, okay, Esmir asks. I'm going to give you a long shot. You want a long shot? Yeah, yeah. Jack Capuano. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Uh, what do you guys think about Sorokin and his poor performance? So far this season, well, well I talked about it a little bit. It's not his fault. He hasn't played a lot. Yeah. I think it's tough. Look, I think Shesterkin had it easier than Sorokin. I do. It was good that Sorokin was able to come into the, you know, early and all that stuff, but he didn't get to play any preseason games. Neither did Shesterkin, but I just felt like when he came into the season, it was easy for him to win the, win the, those starts that he got and get complete buy-in from the team. Now I think it's harder for Sorokin. They know Varlamov really well. He is going to have to win those guys over. He didn't play. He only played three games. Like it's just, he's going to be a terrific goalie. I just don't think there's been enough time or reps or anything else for him. Okay. Uh, last one here. Johnny red asks, do the Rangers make a trade for a center soon? They've been needing a center for two years. So the answer is no. They they still need a center. 
Um, we should mention Barry Trotz on one his 850th game. That's third most by a coach in NHL history. Mm-hmm. Could he get the top spot? I do think there's a chance that he will be the all-time winningest coach. It's possible. It's yeah. possible. Um, is Do you think he's in the mix for Team Canada? I mean, he should be. I mean, the talk is right now that the leading candidate would be Cooper. I mean, could you have them both on the same staff? Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, you could, you know, I mean, Babcock had Claude Julian and uh, Jock Lemaire and Kruger and had a number of Hitchcock. So, yeah, but I'm just saying, I mean, as the head coach. I think if you made Cooper the head coach and you asked Trotz to be on the staff, he'd do it. I right. think it's tougher to get Cooper to sort of be the assistant, though, you know, just personality-wise. And it's yeah. not anything against Cooper. I love the guy. I just think Trotz is more moldable that way. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. All right. Um, we will be back tomorrow. Ron with- Wilson is not getting another coaching yeah, job. No. He's a great guy. Well, that, that's no. okay. Let's quickly, let's just say uh, U.S. Um, coaching wise? Yeah. Well, there's two things. I just brought this on serious, Mike. I don't know if it's a guarantee they're playing in Beijing. I know they're going to play the Winter Olympics, but we did hear um, from Sean Shapiro, and we're starting to see other things like maybe it's going to move. And there is a possibility that that venue could move. But- well, I mean, there is there is talk that, I mean, okay, the Summer Olympics in Tokyo are probably going to go off. If it does, um, it's virtual probably. But it's going to be basically in a bubble. Yeah, which, which means billions of losses for the IOC because of tickets. Right, and you know, you know that the you know the Japanese would would th- throng there. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, if well, the thing is, okay, if if that's the case, then where where would you go if you're the IOC um, to um, handle a, a Winter Olympic Games at short notice? You would likely go to either the place uh, that was most recent, which was in that. But I don't think they'll go to Pyeongchang. No, um, they might go to Vancouver again. You know, I'm I sure Vancouver or Montreal. Vancouver, you know, Montreal, um, Salt Lake, possibly. You know, I mean, it's rather isolated, small, smaller population. I mean, I don't know how quickly enough if they could update the facilities. I'm sure that they could, but but it would probably cost. But yeah, that's see what's that's what they probably will do. They will go to previous places that previously had the Olympics to see if they could get away with doing it on on short note. They're talking about it's it's less than a year. So now I'm gonna I'm gonna get crazy here, Mike. But I do think Torts would be on the list for for the U.S. team. I do. He, he might be, but the problem is, is and how he's done it. He's done it with, he's worked with them before. But the problem is, is how badly Team USA played for him at the World Cup. Yeah, but that's the World Cup. I think if you have the right coaches with them, all right, here's a crazy thing. Ready? Okay. John Tortorella coach, Mike Sullivan is the assistant. <laughs> Who's seen that before? Yeah. Well, we saw that. They saw that at the World Cup. I know. So, and with the Rangers, and 
<laughs> but it's not impossible. That's the case. It's, it's not. It's not. But I, I'm trying to think outside the box of who else would be in the American loop. Um, I mean, because Ron, you know that. So I mean, we'll, we'll 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 let's think on that and talk about it tomorrow. No, no, I have one, but I have to just vet it out. Hold on, because I sometimes forget who's American, who isn't. I'm betting it out right now. Uh, it's not Jeff Blaschel. Sorry, folks. It's not. And it's not Dan Bilesma either. It's not Dan Bile. Dan Bilesma is is his assistant. Um. Yeah, it's. Hold on, I may have one here. Uh, nope, nope, I don't. It's torts. <laughs> it's torts. <laughs> it's torts. It's not Dan Quinn. David Quinn, rather. It's not David. It's not, Quinn. It's not David Quinn. All right, we'll talk what about. If, hold on, hold on. What if? Would they go the college route for Sandlin? this coach? Huh? Sandlin? Would they go Scott Sandlin? It's possible. Be an interesting choice, wouldn't it? Well, they haven't gone the college route since 1980. Sandlin would be a great choice because think about it. If Sandlin were to go in the Olympics and win gold for the U.S., every NHL team would want him. Every single one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, he's got that long-term deal with uh, Minnesota Duluth right now, but doesn't mean that wouldn't change. Uh, Peter Laviolette. Nah, I don't think so. Yeah. They're only I like Sandal is an outside, outside pick. Well, I mean, I mean, Laviolette will get interviewed. So yeah, will Laviolette will, has won Stanley cups. Tortorella has won Stanley cups. I don't think you'd have problem recruiting players because simply it's the Olympics. I think Austin right. Matthews or Eichel are going to play no matter who the coach is. But I'm going to rule out Dave Haxtall. I'm just going to say no Dave Haxtall. No John Hines. No John Hines. No Blaschel. Yeah. All right. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast for the – Oh, yeah, it's John Cooper. That's true. What? No, Cooper's Canadian. Someone say Cooper. Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for The Departed, Eklund, for Russ Cohen, I'm Michael Agello. Thanks for watching. And remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.